Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 20, Deprivation. Last week, I went to a naturopath, figuring that after six months of doing all the things that should fix my hips but haven't, it couldn't hurt. I wrote him a nice long essay about my top five complaints, and we chatted for almost an hour about how my health has been for the last uh, 30-some-odd years. And then I came home with a couple of supplements and a diet plan to follow for a few weeks. And that is where things got a little dicey. Now, I'm no stranger to restrictive diet plans. Over the last decade, I've been on a few, and invariably I do end up feeling better. But what I find is that the moment you say to yourself, self, you're not allowed this and that and the other thing, is exactly the moment when you want them the most. Crave them, even. And it doesn't even have to be food. I find it harder to stick to a yarn diet when I'm telling myself I'm on one than when I just carefully watch how much I spend on yarn. There are always excuses. The opportunity to shop Burwood House's stock at garage sale prices isn't something to pass up. Sock yarn doesn't count. Souvenir yarn doesn't count. Yarn purchased so that I can make someone else a present also doesn't count. Excuse upon excuse upon excuse... And then suddenly, your yarn diet doesn't look a bit like a diet at all, as you add sweater quantities to your stash, knit up gifts from outside the stash, and pretend that going to Calgary is a trip worthy of a souvenir. For the next few weeks, the list of things I can eat is so short that I automatically think about the things that aren't on the list, especially those things that I was making a habit of eating, like yogurt. Yogurt was a daily occurrence. And I'm sorry, but cultured coconut and almond milk just don't cut it. And I did try. Bison is another off-limits food that I think of longingly. And chocolate. (sighs) Oh, chocolate. How I miss you. It will get easier as the weeks go by, and I find new recipes, new things to slot into my regular routine. But the first weeks are the hardest. In many ways, that's because it's a sudden lifestyle change, and this coming on top of Mike's new job, which has completely thrown off our normal schedule. But I think at least part of the reason the first weeks are hard is because the brain automatically looks to replace the things you've lost, and that's not necessarily the best thing to do. I can't replace yogurt with cultured almond milk. It's close, and it will do in a pinch, But if I try to slot cultured almond milk in everywhere I had yogurt, I'm just going to be disappointed, and constantly reminded of the thing that I can't have right now. Instead, I need to find something new, something that won't be a constant reminder of my deprivation to put in there. It's like trying to replace bread with gluten-free bread. Although there have been leaps and bounds of progress in making gluten-free bread more appetizing, I still remember my first experience with it over a decade ago. It had the texture of cake and the taste of cardboard. 
Even now, gluten-free bread really does need to be toasted to even come close to the texture of bread. As a replacement, it's passable, but it's always a dim shadow of what it's attempting to replace. So my challenge for the next few weeks is not to replace, but to renew. I'm trying new recipes. We went to the farmer's market yesterday and bought a whole bunch of fresh vegetables. We also stopped off at the new olive oil store downtown and bought oil and balsamic vinegar for roasted vegetable flavors and to make salad dressings. This is not the time to be skimping on ingredients. Just as big box store acrylic has its time and its projects, you do not want to be knitting it all day, every day, and especially when you already feel like you're losing your knitting mojo. No, you want to go to your local yarn store and splurge on that pretty skin of hand dyed or cashmere or kiviet, anything to keep you interested and to make you feel happy. Right now, the expensive oil and vinegar and the high quality local produce will keep me interested in the meals I'm making and eating and will also keep me from thinking too hard about the things that I can't have or what the food sensitivity test might come back with and take out of my diet completely. But the other part that keeps me committed, and not too depressed about these things, is that for the first time in a long time, I actually feel a bit better. Not a lot, and not much in the hips, but a little bit. And that is worth every second of deprivation. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Well, it's been another couple busy weeks for appointments, and so I haven't gotten anything done on level three yet. I haven't gone out yet to Kaylee to pick up the lap cloth, but I am hoping that that she'll be open next Saturday because um, my family's driving up and the lap cloth was going to be a birthday present from my family and they all want to meet out there. So I'm hoping that next Saturday I will have the lap cloth and then after after Thanksgiving and all that fun stuff, I can get to work on on more of level three. So nah, not much of a, a fiber week report there. And I still haven't quite decided what to do about level two. And because this episode is going out late, I will decide in time for the next episode. But what I what I did do in terms of spinning the last couple of weeks is we had the sheep to shawl competition for the Edmonton Weavers Guild. And I did put up a blog post, but I just want to say that it was really, really fun. And I'd really love to do it again sometime. Not necessarily soon, but definitely sometime. The fleece that was chosen was really great. Uh, easy to card and easy to spin. Practiced spinning woolen. Tried to spin a thicker single uh, because that was what we uh, we were just weaving singles uh, in the shawl. And uh, and yeah, we were. I was down there for about six hours. And it was really, really great. And I came home and I started weaving on the dishcloths that are upstairs, uh, the the dish towels. I'm. Oh, I wish I had more time for the weaving, but uh, but it makes me think that maybe for my level three project, rather than knit something, this time I'll weave just a small scarf 
Um, I was contemplating a cotton warp. I think we have three different colors of cotton, brown, white, and green. And then, uh, and then maybe a silk weft, you know, using some of the, the bombix and the tussa that atop that, uh, that we have, uh, that I've gotten from the last three years. And, uh, and maybe either some noil or some, um, what's it called? Mawada spun up just for texture on each end. So I'm going to think about that. I'm going to maybe start planning that and, uh, and see what I need. But first I need to spin some silk and spin some cotton and really get onto, uh, the level three homework. So short, uh, short update for fiber week, but, uh, but there you have it. Fiber notes. Stolen knitting moments really add up because I've actually gotten quite a bit done the last couple of weeks on uh, on in terms of knitting. So I did start the sock after the last episode, and I am actually almost on the heel flap now. So that's two weeks almost on the heel flap. So maybe it won't actually take me three months to knit a sock. But that's assuming that I can actually get back to it. I'd, I'd worked on the sock for most of the week after the last episode and then realized that I really needed to get on with my swap projects uh, because time is, you know, going quickly and I wanted to make sure that those got done. So so the dragon eye scarf that I started last week and I was talking about beading it, um, I'd done two beaded rows and looked at it and went, you know, for the time this is taking, it's not actually making that big of a you know a design feature so I pulled all that out and uh, threw back on the needle and just uh, knit without the beads on the on the second on that second section now it may be in the future if I were to do this again I would pre-string the beads I think that would be good because then I could string them I could have them in that yarn over area which would be good but I didn't pre-string it so it was just taking way too much time and then I got to the other side. So you've got a 12 row um, scale repeat on the one side, then you've got the center section, and then it says to do rows 12 to 1, and then four rows of garter, and then bind off. And I was like, and I, when I charted this out, because it was a written pattern, and I just couldn't, I needed it charted. So I charted it out myself, and I went, but if you just did rows 12 to 1 as written, they'll all be going in the wrong direction. So I charted it out, changing the slip-slip knits to knit two togethers and vice versa. And then I did two rows when I got to the other side of the, the center section. And I was looking at it going, this isn't lining up either. So I stopped. I'd, I'd, I'd done uh, the one pattern row and I'd gotten about two repeats into the second row. And I just stopped and I said, I need to swatch. Now, I'm going to do a big blog post about my actual process, but but I want to say that even six months ago, running into something like this would have completely thrown me for a loop, and I would have just given up. But somehow in the last six months, I've turned this corner where I kind of get it. And I know that sounds weird, but I I can see where things are going, and I can see how it's working, and and having something not work doesn't scare me anymore because I can figure out a way to make it work. So what I did was I went downstairs and I got uh, just some random yarn 
And I knit that 12 row repeat as it was just to have a baseline. And then I knit it backwards as written in the pattern. Then I knit it backwards as I charted it out and neither of them really got anywhere. So I was looking at it going, I need to change the increases into decreases and the decreases into increases to actually make this work. So I, I charted that out and I knit it and it's close. It passes the galloping horse test. It's not quite the same as the other side, but it's really close. And it actually gives you that scale pattern, whereas either of the other two really didn't. So I actually finished that off on Thursday night. It's sitting over in the living room blocking and it looks really good. You know, this is a self-striping sock yarn that I, that I used and because it's knit side to side instead of end to end, the self-striping, because it's shorter self-striping sections, they've actually stacked. And I, I want to say it's pooling, but it's self-striping sock yarn. So I'm not sure if it counts as pooling, but it's got this really cool yin and yang thing going on. I'm really, really pleased with it. So, so I hope my swap partner really likes it. I had a little bit left of the yarn, so I found a, a little uh, crocheted dragon on uh, on Ravelry. Again, a little free pattern called the Appleseed Dragon. Link to it in the show notes. And uh, so I started crocheting that yesterday, and I'm almost through the body, and I'm almost out of yarn. So I'm probably going to shorten the tail up a little bit, uh, just so that I can get the uh, paws and the ears done in this particular yarn and then do the wings and the uh, spikes on the back in uh, in a different yarn. But uh, again, it's really cute. And now the thing with, you know, crocheting toys at a fingering weight level, I'm using a 1.65 millimeter hook and it's really, I'm, I'm on 10 stitches now on the tail and it's, you can't get your finger down in the middle and it's, it's a little more difficult, but but it looks really good and I'm quite pleased with the way it's turning out. So again, I hope my swap partner really likes that. But we've gotten into fall here and, uh, and it's been cold and overcast and all I really want to knit right now is a sweater. (laughs) Yeah, me and sweaters. I don't know how well that's going to turn out. I've been looking in my stash for what I have in terms of sweater quantities and I've got some I've got some cotton and some linen, which won't do for winter, but there's a, there's a few that I have. I've got, uh, I've got some Dale of Norway, uh, Helio, about seven, 1744 yards of that. It's sort of in a tan, natural off whitish color and it's a sport weight. So it's a little lighter, but I'm thinking about what, if anything could work with that. But I also have two different kinds of Aran yarns in sweater quantities. I've got some lopi in, in a blue, well, six of them are a blue and four of them are, or two of them are in a turquoise. So I could do a lopi sweater out of that. And then I've got a whole ton of Mission Falls 1824 wool. Now, Mission Falls is sadly out of business. And I really, really like the 1824 wool. It's a really nice superwash wool. And I have a ton of it. I've got uh, over a thousand yards in uh, an orange which could be my base color. And then I've got single or double skeins of a whole bunch of different colors. So I could potentially do a color work sweater out of Mission Falls, 1824 wool. But I have to think about it. 
I should finish my sock first, and I should finish my dragon first, and I should maybe do some work on ethereal in my copious spare time. But I really, really want to knit a sweater. <laughs> uh, there aren't enough hours in a day. Not well. Anyway, that's fiber notes. I've been busy, and I've managed to, you know, get those couple of those stolen moments and uh, actually made some progress, so... That is a good thing. Side bet. I can't believe it's already episode 20. I mean, when you think about it, in another six episodes, I'll have been at this for a year. That's a pretty good run. And I think, uh, I think we've covered a lot of ground. And, and, uh, and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. So in honor of episode 20, I'm going to run another side bet, another contest. Now, I don't know what the prize will be. I'm doing some Etsy shopping tonight. So I'll put together three prize packages. So there'll be three people who will win something. And I don't know what's going to be in each package because I'm doing the Etsy shopping tonight. But uh, I promise they'll be good. The contest will run until midnight on November 2nd. 2013 midnight mountain time now by my calculations that is the day before episode 22 so i'll announce the winners in episode 22 uh, on november 3rd now how do you enter this contest well it's pretty easy um i was actually looking on the itunes website for the podcast and i noticed that i had two reviews so uh, to Ellen Lovey and to S.V. Janice, thank you so much for your reviews. And you've already entered the contest. So uh, so that's how you enter. Just uh, leave a review in iTunes. And uh, it can be a bad review. I, I don't mind. Uh, let me know what I'm doing wrong. Or let me know what I'm doing right. I love constructive criticism. So if you think that uh, there's something I can do to improve the podcast, let me know. And you can do it in the reviews. You can do it. Uh, on the website, or you can just drop me a private note, either on Ravelry or uh, or by email. So, but to enter the contest, a review, good or bad, uh, on iTunes. So you have uh, you have about four weeks to enter, and I'd like to thank everybody in advance for their reviews. So that is the episode twenty side bet, and I look forward to making up uh, prize packages for you all. By the wayside. Well, I might have managed to get a lot of knitting done, but I didn't manage to get much done on the tapestry. In fact, as of recording, I haven't managed to get anything done on the tapestry in the last two weeks. Last week was kind of the week from hell for appointments. The week before, I was obsessed with the sock. So these things happen. I'm not going to stress about it. However, I did make a decision about the uh about the horse's ears now i haven't done them yet and everything i've seen says they're supposed to be darker so instead of doing the quote-unquote dark green for them i'm actually going to do them in navy but everything else i'm going to do as it's written on the pattern so at least i've made that decision and uh and yeah i actually only have one appointment next week i know it's shocking So with any luck, I will be able 
to not only get the dragon done, but also get a little bit of work done on the tapestry. So short update on the tapestry, short episode all told. Hopefully next week with not having very many appointments, I'll actually be able to get quite a bit of work done on everything. And the week after that, I am, uh, I'm actually stuck in a hotel room for, for three nights. So I'll bring the tapestry, I'll bring a project, potentially, I'm contemplating a wheel, but, uh, but yeah, hopefully the, uh, the spare time kind of isolated will be very productive for me. Thank you for joining me for episode 20. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 21 on October 20th, 2013. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.